Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Thank you very much indeed, Eamon. You're very welcome along. Tom Dunn with you. News Talk 106 to 108. Standing in for Sean today. And 53106 for your texts or emails to afternoon at newstalk.com. Also on today's show, uh, So You Think You're an Adult, if you have questions to that, 53106 again. And also a great new documentary on Netflix, I Just Killed My Dad. I think it's I think it's trending at number one in Ireland as we speak. We'll be speaking to the director of that a little bit later on. But you may have seen the story, the Minister of State for Biodiversity and Green Party Senator Pippa Hackett has said that some livestock farmers could maybe consider and possibly be incentivized to um, breed horses in an attempt to bring Ireland's agricultural emissions uh, more under control. She added the move would be to encourage farmers to take up equine farming as a small part of Ireland's agricultural move to diversify to more environmentally friendly practices. So would this proposal be feasible? Would it be worth pursuing? For more on this, I'm joined by Eamon Sheehan, who's a dairy farmer and a horse breeder from Kilkenny. Eamon, how are you today? Great, Tom, and yourself? I'm very, very good indeed. Thanks very much for joining us. You're perfectly placed to go to on this. You, you have both, um, you have both cows and horses on your farm. Yeah, I suppose we've uh, we've always bred and produced horses here growing up, and my father would have bred horses as well. Um, so yeah, for the last I suppose forty odd years, um, we've been we've been involved in the industry. Is that the main thing you do? Are the horses the main part, or is the cattle the main part? No, well, originally uh, we would have been beef and uh, suckler farming, so that would have been cows with calves at foot, uh, bred for the beef trade, and also we would have been breeding and producing horses alongside that. So in 2013, I made the changeover to uh, dairy farming and uh, cut back on our numbers of horses at that stage. You know? Right, uh, 2013, so, as recently as that, things looked very green yeah. in the world of dairy farming. Yeah, yeah. So I suppose realistically, um, you know, we've we've always had a love for horses, obviously, and we've been quite successful in, in what we've bred and produced over the years. But just the, um, I suppose, you're just so reliant on luck a lot of the times. You know, you put a lot of effort in, you put a lot of hard work and everything in along that side of it. And um, you could be cash rich or cash poor on the same week. So just the consistency wasn't there. So that's why we, we went down the dairy farming route then. Right. They seem like very different worlds, are they? They are, yeah. Like, um, look, at I suppose from, from both sides, um, it's an interest in that we are breeding for, for a better uh, a better offspring, I suppose, both in the dairy and on the horse side of it. But um, I suppose the consistency would be a lot better in the in the dairy side than your horses. You know, right. just because it's the same, the same family, the same bloodlines and everything like that, you could have, you know, a very uh, mediocre horse or you could have a top end horse in full siblings, you know. So they, it's, it's not, it's not a, you wouldn't want to be uh, hedging your bets on them. All right. So it's a bit, it sounds like a little <laughs> bit hit and miss. Um, so when you were, you were kind of more, moving more in the direction of dairy back in 2013, at that point, it looked like there was, that was absolutely the way to go, wasn't it? Yeah, and probably still is uh, to a certain extent, I suppose from our basis anyway, Tom, because um, I'm married with a young family and, um, you know, I suppose at that point in time, we were after coming out of a downturn which saw um, a massive amount of horses with no market. Uh, The beef industry was quite uh, poor as well and just dairy, I suppose, allowed us 
consistency and a cash flow that we wouldn't have had in any other agricultural sector. Right. So I have to say now, when I was listening to the the recent uh, recommendations as they were coming out, I I felt for dairy farmers because I felt I followed the stories over the years of of markets opening up across the world that hadn't previously been open to us. And you're thinking, God, we've such an amazing reputation um, for our dairy products in Ireland. This is great. And then suddenly over the last few years, climate change has raised its ugly head. And suddenly it's the dairy farmers who seem to be in the front line for that. Um, how did you feel about that when you started hearing, you know, 25% reduction in, in your, your herd by 2030? How did you feel about that? Yeah, it's, it's um, look, it, it was, I suppose, quite disappointing when you hear the likes of that. And I suppose what is important to understand is that we now have the same amount of dairy cows in the country as we did in the early 80s. So I suppose what curtailed the numbers over the last 30 years was... Um, was quota and that really just i suppose closed up the market and it didn't allow for the likes of young farmers um like myself to uh to get into dairy when the opportunity was there for us so i suppose with quotas been removed it uh rejuvenated the 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 industry and it allowed for a lot of second you know second members in the family to return home to farm alongside their their parents or their siblings and it allowed for better opportunities and stability going forward. So um, I look at, I, I understand wholeheartedly that there, there is an issue with climate change. And I think farming is as much a part of the solution um, as it is the, is the problem. And to be honest with you, we're all up for the challenge on that. And we're putting in a lot of effort and a lot of measures on a, on a daily basis to, uh, to, improve, to improve what we do. God, you're taking it very well, uh, Eamon, I, I must say. <laughs> I think... You have to be positive, Tom. Yeah, you're certainly very <laughs> Negati- positive. Negativity isn't going to get us out of it. I think, um, yeah, if somebody, if I'd, if I'd done my, you know, if I had young children as you do and I'd, I'd done my maths and my calculations and I was increasing my heart size on, on the strength of that and then somebody was saying to me, as you're following the whole debate about climate change and all the different things that are contributing to it, but it's your, it's your dairy hair that's getting circled and someone's saying, can you reduce that by 25%? I don't think I'd be as calm as you are, Eamon. Look, I suppose maybe it, it really depends on the individual situation as well. And we're, we're 10 years in dairy now at the moment. So we're fortunate enough that I suppose we are stable to a certain extent. But there is an awful lot of people that are in an unfortunate situation that might have just returned home to farm in the last number of years that haven't got to the number of cows that they had intended to. So that, again, it's it's stagnating them and and affecting their businesses um, quite significantly. Um, And look at it, it has has a lot of large threats towards our own income and everything like that as well. But I suppose the one thing that I do look at as we're looking out over a farm here and our hedgerows and trees and, you know, our ability to sequester carbon is this would be my only gripe is that we're not acknowledged for it. which every uh, you know every other industry can do. So I suppose that's one thing that I I would feel um, sure. I would feel aggrieved over. But fair enough. Um, I'm I'm very impressed. What do you think though? For you, you you do straddle both worlds. You have horses and cattle. Mm. Of the suggestion that those who have you know uh, herds of cattle could maybe move a little bit towards um, having horses at the same time. Yeah, like look at it. It's not for the faint-hearted um, breeding horses. It's it's a high-skilled, high-cost, and high-risk business. And I think incentivizing farmers to go breeding horses, um, it's it's risky. Uh, they're not 
you know, they're look at they're they're high flight animals. Um, the workload and effort that goes into them is a lot greater than than a lot of other tasks. Your fencing, safety wise, and how you're going to market them and work them is also a challenge. And I suppose it was one thing that I realised when I went down the dairy route that. Uh, we could milk a herd of cows in the same time as I would get one or two horses worked. So it is very, very labour intensive. And um, I don't think, you know, not all the horses that will be bred will end up to be top end horses. And the majority are the middle of the road horse that's dependent on disposable income. You know, so if we end up in the situation where we were 10 or 12 years ago, and that middle of the road horse has no home, um, we're going to be in a very poor place again. And nobody wants to see that. Right. Is it a highly skilled kind of job and it's something in which you need a lot of experience? Um, yeah, look, at your, everybody can learn um, as they go. But like everything, if, you know, falling down your mare's, your mare's uh, gestation, you know, she, she's in fall for roughly 340 days a year. So after she falls down, which is, is you know, it takes a, it takes a bit of uh, watching on, on the falling because they can get into a lot of trouble very quickly. But um, after falling down, then you have a very short window to get those mares back in fall before you lose time um, in your year. And the cost of, you know, bringing your mare to the stallion, uh, your veterinary costs associated with getting your mare in full, scanning her, her keep over the winter, uh, barrier charges, um, everything else. You know, and they're, they're not, they do need a safe environment for their winters and their, you know, even at grass during the summer. They need good fencing and safe, uh, secure environment. And again, for the people that are handling them, if if they're not um, used to horses, it can be it can be a health and safety risk as well. Right. And I, I get the impression, too, there'd be a fair amount of investment required as well to get all those facilities that you were mentioning. Yeah, there is. There is. And, you know, and the other thing as well, if, if you are breeding a horse, you need to know what, you're, what market you're breeding for. And, you know, then as well as that, if you, you know, we've been very lucky and fortunate over the last number of years. We've, we've bred horses that have won a World Cup and won a World Breeders' Championships. We didn't get the big money at the time, but we got to sell to good customers. But saying that, um, if you know, if you're not in a position to produce the horse past uh, being a foal, or if you're selling it as a foal, you need to have um, the foal produced for the sales. It's not as simple as just loading it up into a trailer and bringing it to the mart like you would with your cattle. They have to be well handled. They have to be well uh, produced, and it takes a lot of effort. And you really have to have a keen interest in that side of it. Not that it's beyond anybody to learn, but. Sure. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be walking into it uh, tomorrow morning and it's like was often said, Tom, you know, if you, you wouldn't go telling your bank manager or your accountant that uh, you had horses in the place. It was never it was never a, a real image of success. You know, you're you tended to try hide that side of the business really, you know. Okay. That doesn't sound uh, so it <laughs> doesn't sound wildly promising, Eamon, I won't lie. No, no. Um, it we're, not, we're, not ha- cool, we're not cool more, unfortunately. Oh, it sounds like if you have a bit of experience, you might you know, you might be able to spread the load a little bit. But if you were going in um you know, on page one, I think you might be, you could be very easily in, in more trouble uh, already than you already are. Uh, Eamon, thanks very much for that. Very enlightening indeed. And um, continued success. Thank you very much indeed for joining us today. Eamon Sheen there, a dairy farmer and a horse bidder down in Kilkenny. 53106 uh, for your texts and emails to Afternoon News. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. On News Talk.